Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The main teacher, history teacher at uh, my high school, my last two years at uh, Lutheran High School in Westland, uh, was Mr. Wire. And Mr. Wire had a nasally voice and a very subdued personality. Dry would be putting it mildly. And he is kind of the very opposite of what you might call gregarious. And so many of the students thought Mr. Wire was boring. But for those who actually paid attention, not only was he not boring, the guy had a, a just a, a amazing knowledge of history, and he was willing to share that with the, the class. He was really funny. <coughs> He had this super dry sense of humor, and so he would just slip in these jokes. And if you weren't listening, you would miss the whole thing. But if you were listening, you might start laughing out loud in the middle of class and have all your classmates turn and look at you like something is wrong with you. Not that that ever happened to me in class, of course. But while most of my classmates missed the humor because they had decided Mr. Wire had no sense of humor... Those that actually paid attention got it. And I think this is often what happens to us when we approach the Bible. We think, oh, it's a serious thing. It is uh, a dignified thing. It's a holy thing, and so there's no place for humor there. And it is, of course, a serious thing and a holy thing and a dignified thing, but the Bible also has a lot of humor in it, if you're paying attention. I think... Today's gospel reading is one such place. Jesus paints this just over-the-top caricature of this unrighteous judge. I mean, by the time he's done talking about this guy, he may as well be a, a villain on a child's cartoon. Jesus says, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow who, in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now how can you not chuckle at this unrighteous judge? I like how Jesus not only describes him as Uh, neither fearing God nor respecting man. But then later on, the guy describes himself that way, right? He's like, I'm a really bad guy. I don't respect anybody. I don't care about what God thinks. But man, she's annoying. So I'm going to give in and give her what she wants. You know, by the time he's done, like he he should be, have the, the handlebar mustache and be twirling it. Like he's way over the top. And, and, Jesus tells this humorous story, not just to be entertaining, but he's trying to get a point across. After the Lord said, after this, the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on earth? If even a wicked, unrighteous, self-centered judge will finally give 
justice to a persistent widow who just keeps bugging him. Jesus says, well, don't you think a loving, holy, righteous God will give what is asked for in prayer? Now, we've got to be careful here because this concept has been abused by many teachers over the years. Some have taught things like, well, if you, if you pray earnestly enough, and if you have enough faith, and if you're persistent enough, then whatever you ask for, God's going to give you exactly that. And there are times when people pray earnestly, consistently, continually for something. Something good, even. For healing, for a friend or a loved one, for being blessed with a child, for... Things that are good. And God doesn't give what is asked for. Sometimes loved ones are sick and we pray for them and they're still sick. Or they get worse. Or they die. Sometimes a couple that wants to conceive is unable. Sometimes we pray for something and it's not received. And so people often conclude one of the following things. They think, well, One, my my faith must not be strong enough. So it's my fault. I need to pray harder. I need to believe more fervently. And if I do that, then finally God will give in and give me what I want. Or they think God must either be incapable or unwilling to give me what I want, what I'm asking for. And underlying all of these conclusions is the idea that I know best. We haven't even considered that though we're, what we're praying for is something good, God may not answer in the way that we've asked because he's at work for something better, something that we may not be able to understand or perceive or explain. We can kind of understand this concept a little bit better if we put it in terms of, of human parents, right? As a parent, there are times when your children ask you for something And you know it's not what's going to be best for them. And sometimes you can just tell them, nope, (laughs) the answer is no, you can't have it, right? And sometimes, though, you have to tell them no, but you can't explain why. And they want to know why. And you know some reasons why, but it's not good for them necessarily to know the reasons why. And so you can't explain all of these things to them. Or sometimes they ask for something and you say yes but in a very different way than what they had anticipated. Here's the truth. We have a Father in heaven who loves us deeply. We have a Savior, God the Son, who loved us so much that he bore our sins upon the cross, and he still has in his hands and in his feet the marks of love that show what he was willing to do for us. We have God the Holy Spirit indwelling us, helping us to pray, even taking our mess of a prayer when we can't even articulate the right words. He takes that and it turns it into a beautiful and acceptable prayer before God the Father. And so we pray. We pray earnestly, we pray passionately, we pray trusting that our Father in heaven is going to hear and he's going to answer because he's not an unjust judge. He's a loving father. It's just like what we talked about with the kids in the children's message, right? How did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven. And, And this part in the catechism is one of the most beautiful, one of my very favorite sections 
What does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and we are his true children so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him, as dear children ask their dear father. How beautiful is that? We can talk to God anytime, any place. By prayer, you can climb up onto your heavenly father's lap and you can tell him about your day and you can ask him about anything and everything. And our loving father hears and answers. In his love, he gives us what is best, even if what's best doesn't seem best to us right then and right there. Now, I want to conclude by looking at that last part of what Jesus says in today's gospel reading, because kind of, it kind of sounds ominous, doesn't it? He tells this whole story, and then at the end he says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And you're like, whoa, what is that about? Is Jesus wondering that if, if, if when he returns, there's going to be any believers left? It's kind of what it sounds like, but that's, that's not what he's saying. We know that's not what he's saying because elsewhere he talks about when he returns those who are faithful and he he has promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So we know, he knows, he knew, he taught that there will be believers when he returns. So what's this whole question all about? Well, Jesus isn't really asking a question here for us to give an answer to, but rather his question is really an exhortation. It's an exhortation to believers. It's like a coach who's saying, who's ready to give it all they got in this game? He doesn't want an answer. (laughs) The coach is not looking for somebody to say, coach, I think I'm ready to give it all I've got today. No, he just wants you to get fired up and get out there and actually do it. Or or a parent that that calls home ahead of time and says, "Uh, the dishwasher is going to be unloaded when I get home, right? They're not looking for a yes or no answer to that. They're saying, it's going to get done, right? With this question, Jesus is not looking for an answer, but he is provoking us to prayer. He's saying, keep praying, keep pestering God. You know that that faith that's like a grain of mustard seed that, that he talked about just a few weeks back in our readings? He's saying, just keep going to the Lord, trusting in him. Keep that faith in prayer because if even an unjust judge will give justice to a persistent widow keep praying because a loving father will surely answer by giving what is best let's close with a word of prayer Lord Jesus you taught us to pray our father and so we do our father in heaven we thank you We thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we can talk to you at any time, any place, knowing that you will hear and that you do answer. Sometimes your answer is giving us exactly what we've asked for. Sometimes your answer is giving us something better than what we've asked for. Sometimes when we pray, uh, the answer is no, and we don't always understand why, but we know of your love for us. We know of your love for us, and because of that, we can know that whatever answer you give, that will be what is best. But we ask that you would help us to be persistent in prayer.
that the faith that you have given to us would be active in prayer, that we would not simply uh, go about our day uh, forgetting about you and your presence and your love for us, but that throughout the day we would be calling upon you and that when we have needs, we would go first to you, trusting that as a loving father, you hear and you will answer. All of these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.